Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Let the Adventure Begin for our first episode. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to hit it off with this first episode. Um, this this has just been fun so far just to play around with this. So let's dive in. Um, before I delve too far into any book series or anything like that, I do want to put out another reminder that these are all my opinions and the opinions of others that come on for my podcast as well of specific books. These are by no means facts. Always read the book yourself to get your own opinion. Don't just base it off of what other people say because some people will say that they hated a book and you might find that you truly enjoyed it. Um, most of the reviews on here will be YANA and adult fiction books. For those of you who do not know these types of acronyms, super easy. YA stands for young adults. Uh, for the ages between about 13 and 18. NA is more of a newer sub uh, category for new adult, which means that they're a little bit more adult than most YA novels, but not quite adult enough for adult novels, as funny as that might sound. Um, you'll see some of uh, these types of books kind of bounce around between the two shelves just because, you know, they really don't have a home yet, but they're usually really good novels. Uh, so far anyways, so far the, the NA books that I have read have been absolutely fantastic. Um, and of course, adult fiction are your more adult style fiction books such as, you know, Game of Thrones by J.R.R. Martin, not J, G.R.R. Martin, I don't know, R.R. Martin, um, as well as um, Justin T. Call, uh, N.K. Jemison. Those, those are some examples of adult fiction style um, books. I'm going to have a bunch of different books on here as well as the authors because there are some authors out there that are new that haven't gotten as much acclaim that they should and then there are some authors that are new that have just blasted through their um, uh, what people think that they would do. So let's dive right in and get to it. The first book that I have for us uh, for this podcast is called A House of Salt and Sorrows. Now A House of Salt and Sorrows is a standalone book. So it's not part of any type of series. It's a book you can read by itself and there's no, well, no really cliffhanger or anything like that to lead into a second book. It's just the one book. Don't have to worry about trying to find book two or anything like that. But for a standalone book, it's actually pretty good. Uh, it is considered a YA book. Uh, so it's a young adult book. I would put it at probably about age 16 for some of the themes that are in it. Uh, there is a lot of language and violence um, and there's, there, there's, pretty heavy uh death in it uh there is it is considered a more grim dark book uh grim dark is exactly what it sounds it's a nod towards the grim brothers uh it's a darker type of book with darker themes and nuances so you know things like death heavy depression you know different different things that you know what different themes that are young gothic and uh seen selves from you know uh the 2000s would be like yes that's my read <laughs> um like i said it is considered a ya book uh the ratings for it have been considered more pg-13 uh with uh horror mystery and fantasy being the genres that they are into it um i personally don't see it as more of a horror uh but i definitely do see it as a mystery and a fantasy it is also a fairy tale retelling um, of the 12 Dancing Princesses by the Brothers Grimm. And for those of you who don't know who the Brothers Grimm, the Brothers Grimm are a classic um, 
classic authors, I believe in Germany, uh, very old school. They did uh, the original stories of like Cinderella, Snow White, Hansel and Gretel, Rapunzel, uh, just to name a few. Um, but those original stories are not at all what Disney has shown us. Those original stories are incredibly dark. Uh, very, very dark. Um, for instance, the original story of Cinderella, when it came to the stepsisters putting on the shoes, they literally cut off their heels to fit into the glass slipper. Um, and that's not in Disney at all. Um, Rapunzel, something similar. Um, she, uh, the prince actually was thrown out of the window by the witch and he ended up going blind because of thor the thorn bushes around uh her her tower and so there's there's a lot of grim dark uh in, in that so hence you know the theme grim, grim dark that's where it gets its uh, uh t type of genre um like i said it's uh, a retelling of the 12 dancing princesses and i was surprised to find out that not very many people actually remember the story the 12 dancing princesses which floored me because even barbie did a movie about the 12 dancing princesses so um the 12 dancing princesses was a story by the brothers Grimm back i think in like 1820 around that uh time from 1812 1820 in that area uh about 12 princesses that were sneaking out after their you know bedtime or their time of rest and dancing all night long so much so that their shoes were getting holes in them and the king didn't understand why he's like well why are why are your shoes always being ruined why am i having to have new shoes made for you every single day so he put out essentially a reward that if anyone could find out what's going on with the princesses he would reward them but if they failed they were going to die uh so there was multiple people who would stand outside the princess's door uh they would find ways to essentially make them fall asleep um and everything like that so they could sneak out and every single time these people failed the king had their heads cut off and there was i think a final person who actually figured it out and they were basically going into a magical world and dancing the night away and such like that uh like i said this is a fairy tale retelling which means it's a similar story or it has the same storyline but with different aspects to it for instance in a house of salt and sorrow sorrows oh my goodness tongue twister <clears throat> in the house of salt and sorrows it's not princesses they're uh girls of a higher class uh their father is a merchant of high ranking making it to where they are of upper nobility or upper class as opposed to being princesses now what i love about this book so it i realized i didn't even actually say the author my goodness it's by aaron a craig and miss craig actually is a newer author uh this book came out in august 2019 and from the quick research that i did i haven't found any other books except for one uh called small favors which was released last year in july so july 2021 so she's a relatively new author and as new authors go this book was already on new york's bestsellers uh it is well done it's been acclaimed by um stephanie garber who is the author of uh caraval and that caraval trilogy and that will be one on our podcast that's another good one um and so it's it's done pretty well um melissa albert who's also the author of the hazel wood is also a best time uh seller on the new york best time seller list and she even was absolutely floored and awed by this book um it was done really well 
So the aspect of it, not to give too many, too many spoilers. There's going to be a few. Sorry, just because there has to be some sort of warning with it. Uh, like I said, it is a grim dark. And as an example of that, right in the first few pages, you're hit with death. Right in the first few pages. From the very first paragraph, there's death. And so that's a warning for those who are not good with uh, depressing themes or grim dark type of themes, that kind of thing. Uh, it, it hits off with a punch right off the bat. So make sure when you're reading this, you're cuddled up with a nice comfy blankie, a nice cup of coffee or hot tea, hot beverage in general. Um, because it's, you're going to need some comfort with it. Uh, read during the day. If you're like me and have issues with nightmares and such, this won't necessarily give you nightmares, but I would suggest reading it at night. Everything that goes bump might make you jump. So, uh, it was very well done. And I like the different aspects that she adds to it. There is a hierarchy in this book, but unlike normal hierarchies, uh, through books and fantasy, it's not so much the normal lower class, middle class, upper class, where, you know, the son, the firstborn son is the one that inherits everything. That's something that we read about all the time. It's always the, you know, the firstborn son who inherits the kingdom or the firstborn son that carries on the family legacy and everything like that. It's always the firstborn son. And in this book, the way she made it is the island that they live on, uh, which is away from the mainland, so there is, there is a distinction between the two, though they do kind of cooperate and everything like that. Their island doesn't run that way. Their island is very much the firstborn in general. Male, female, daughter, son, doesn't matter. It is the firstborn child who inherits everything. And that does kind of become an issue for a character in here. Um, and you'll, you'll be able to read uh, about that because it's, it's a big uh, story plot with that. So definitely kind of makes you kind of want to see what's going on, huh? Uh, but I love that aspect because we hear too much in books of the normal hierarchy, which, you know, that we've, we've kind of grown accustomed to that, that it's always the firstborn son and everything. But she, she went, nah, we don't want to do that. We're going we're gonna to change the game a little bit. So I applaud Erin uh, Craig for doing that. That's something that's not always seen in books. Most books uh, follow the normal hierarchy and... I'm glad to see it. it's a nice little refresher of that not happening. Like most uh, fictitious stories, there is a uh, their own like religious aspect for it. And by that, I don't mean like, you know, this is a religious type book of, you know, Christianity or Muslim or anything like that. But more of they have their own God and goddess set up and their God and goddess setups are those of the sea, which, you know, kind of makes sense with the whole house of salt and sorrows, you know. So that aspect is is pretty cool. Um, the different god and goddess setup that they have uh, for the sea and what surrounds it. And that's just what the island believes. The mainland has different beliefs as well, um, which, again, plays a part in this and plays a pretty heavy part. Um, there are a few things I will say that I had a little bit of issue with um, just because it, it made me confused. I'm dyslexic, and so there was a couple parts towards the end that made me kind of get really thrown for a loop and have to reread a specific section. Um, and that is they, for part of the storyline, they use kind of like a uh, mind possession or a possession and cell. Uh, nah, I wouldn't even say it's possession. More of uh, mind manipulation where making people see things that aren't really there or believing things that aren't really there. And the way they did it, I got confused. 
So the way Erin did it, there, the way she wrote about it, it took me a minute to actually catch up. Uh, and I got a little lost in the narration for it a bit. But I, I found it. I found where I was supposed to go with it. And understood it. But that, I will say, is probably going to confuse readers once they get to it. Because it's part of the climax of the story. And when that's the meat or the, you know, climax of the story that you're, you know, waiting for. And you're like, wait, hold on. What's happening? It kind of throws you off of the book. And no one wants that, especially when you got really, you know, deep into the book, you like it and you can't wait to, you know, get to the end and figure out what happens to get kind of lost in everything in just a part of the book kind of sucks because you're like, wait, hold on, recap what just happened. And then you have to go backwards and try to reread it to understand. Now, like I said, I'm dyslexic, so that could simply just be a product of that. Uh, other people might have no problem understanding and everything like that. Uh, that's just an issue I had for myself personally. There is a little bit of a romance in there because it is a YA book. And you got to have a little bit of teen ro romance and teen angst and everything. Although I'll say there's a <laughs> lot of angst uh, with everything in this. But there, the romance kind of hit me weird. And by that, I mean the the character that comes about. He's cool. I like the character. I didn't understand the aspect that they just kind of threw in there. And that was the whole uh, uh, romance with a uh, ethereal being, a, a god being, or, you know, half demigod being. And it's it threw me off because you don't find that until closer to the end of the book. Like the last couple of chapters. And by last couple of chapters, probably like the last four or five. Um, but at the same time, it, it fit weird. It, after, you know, it helps delve into the whole mind warp kind of thing, but just, it seemed kind of random. Now, to be honest, I want to reread the book just to see if I can understand it uh, a little bit better, but the way it hit the first time around... The first time around, the the romance just seemed a little a little off putting, and not in the aspect of you know this is weird or you know this is you know gross or anything, but more of just it didn't seem like it fit well, like just in the storyline, it didn't seem like that type of romance fit the way it probably should have, and that's perfectly okay. There's you know nothing wrong with you know a, just a random romance thrown in there, but should have been a little a little written a little better. Now again. She's a new author, and for a new author, that's not that big of a complaint. I mean, again, New York Times bestseller right here, and this is her first book, okay? She's only been writing, at least writing books for, you know, a few years, and this is already on the New York best time, you know, bestseller list, so obviously not other people had the same complaint as I do. Like I said, it could just be me. It just may have hit me just a little weird. And that's fine. I still highly recommend this book. I mean, very much. I would give it probably 8.5 out of 10. Um, a 4 star out of 5. It's very well written for what it is. And especially for a first time writer. I mean, it's hard as a writer to get that first book on any type of bestseller list. I mean, so that's, that's an accomplishment. That's a heavy accomplishment. This, uh, this book is absolutely fantastic. Like I said, very grim dark. So if you're not big into, uh, darker nuances, especially right off the bat, like it punches you in the face with, with <laughs> the dark nuances. Like I said, the first paragraph, there's death. Um, so it don't get attached to characters. 
Uh, but it was it was done very well for a fairy tale retelling. It was done really well, and I do hope to see more fairy tale retellings by her. Just because of how she did this one, I would love to read maybe a Rapunzel style version or even a Hansel and Gretel style version. Um, I could see her doing something really cool and mysterious with those, as well as you know, seeing how she she does it. Ooh, you know what, Aaron Craig, Goldilocks. That could be an interesting one for you. I say give it a shot. I am looking forward to reading her other book, Small Favors. I'm going to go be looking for that one and see how that one uh, reads. I'm not sure if that's a YA or not, and that's fine. I don't mind adult uh, adult fiction books, or even if it's not even a fiction book. Um, I'll still read it. I like to read. My, my, my apartment's nothing but books, so hey, let's do it. So... But yeah, that's my review on the book House of Salt and Sorrows. I'll be honest, I found out about this book because of TikTok. If you don't have a TikTok uh, account, I highly suggest getting one for one simple reason. Book talk. It is a subversion of TikTok where people talk about books. I have probably spent a good three, four hundred dollars on books because of TikTok. <laughs> and... I do not regret a thing. This was one of them, and again, fantastic read. There was a couple other ones, or a few other ones, I should say, that I will also be talking about on here that has gotten me into a series, um, and their authors did amazing on their books as well. Uh, so different series, different standalone books, such like that. Thank you guys for listening in. Uh, I hope this was a good review for you and makes you eager to read this book. I always ask that you go to your local bookstore or to Barnes & Noble. Don't be going with your online sites and everything like that because 2020 and 2021 has already taken too much from us. Don't take away our bookstores. Our local bookstores need our help as well as our local stores. So shop local, shop your books local, get them secondhand, whatever you got to do. Um, try to stay away from your online for books just because we, we need to save our local stores. I live in a small, smaller community, I should say, and we lost a good chunk of our local stores these last couple of years. And, and one of them was one of our local bookstores. So let's keep going with our local shops, our local bookstores, such as Barnes and Noble, um, your local ones that are available. Second book, your second look book was one of them in Spokane that I absolutely loved. Uh, thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I enjoyed talking about the book. Uh, and I can't wait to see you guys next time. If this didn't start your first adventure, tune back in and let's see if the next book will begin your adventure. Have a good, good one, guys.